So happy Father's Day, because we all carry our father, our father with us. So uh, in some sense, we are, we are um, deserving of, of being wished a happy day. So um, we are getting to the end of this endless eightfold path, this beginningless, endless eightfold path. Uh, we are going to be looking at concentration today. So we began with right view, panoramic. Uh, right view is, we always have to take a view. We're always standing in a particular location. Uh, in our lives, in our daily lives. But we need to be ready to leave that view, to move to another view. So in other words, our, we understand our view, our right view, to be no view, because it isn't fixed. So we, we, we take a view with the understanding and the actual experience of not permanently standing there, but only provisionally. I love that word, provisional. Uh, temporarily, right now, I have this view, but it's only provisional. It's only temporary. Right view, right intention. Fundamentally, good-heartedness. Uh, being authentic. Um, intending only goodwill. Only goodwill to all beings. That open-heartedness, that compassion. As we say in the Loving-Kindness Sutra, may all beings be happy. It's such a simple and a wonderful intention. I intend, I wish, I hope, I intend for all beings to be happy, to be joyful, to be complete. Right speech. We spoke about um, right speech being true, being timely when we speak and when we don't, being helpful and being kind. So you begin to see how these, how these different folds of the path begin to fold over one after the other. Right action, fundamentally the precepts, behaving, nobly, be behaving in an upright way, being a good person, right action, right livelihood, spending your life, not just in terms of your career or your, your occupation, but your lifestyle, your lifestyle, right livelihood, 
that you you sustain yourself in all sorts of ways, not just by making money, <clears throat> is that way of sustaining yourself just right? Are you are you not doing harm? Are you are you contributing good to the world? Are you relieving suffering in your lifestyle? Right effort. Showing up, <laughs> showing up to your life, um, being, being diligent, being there, um, uh, not zoning out, not being a zombie, not going through life sleepwalking, but really making the effort to be present, to be alive, uh, not just to be kind of uh, surviving and walking around but really entering your life with full effort, with full energy. Right mindfulness, we talked last time about the mind being a mirror. Um, it, 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 there's a quality to mindfulness, which is not aggressive, but which is, um, which is just waiting. Uh, being, being alert, being attentive, um, and being receptive like a mirror. So it's not kind of chasing after the moment, <laughs> chasing after experiences and trying to capture uh, this moment, this moment, this moment. Uh, right mindfulness is much gentler than that. It's, here I am. <laughs> Um, what, what am I here to reflect as a mirror? What, what, what am I seeing? What is calling to me for my response? And so now write concentration. I should say one other thing about this, this eightfold path, which we are kind of circling around. It's, it's, not, a, it's not a linear path nor is it a circular path, nor is it a curving path, nor is it an upward path or a downward path. It's the path like we did Kinhin. It's the path that emerges under your foot, under each step that you take. So don't image this path as something out there in space or something in your mind that you have to follow. It's not a path to follow. It's a path to live each moment of your life. So this really, this eightfold path is just your life as it unfolds. There's this wonderful uh, image of the Buddha after he was born he took seven steps forward and under each step, a lotus blossom bloomed. Each step, a lotus bloomed. That's the, the way our life is fundamentally. Every step we take is a step of light, gentle beauty on this earth. We walk lightly. 
we live lightly. Maybe that's what enlightenment is, is being light. So this path is a path underfoot. It's created. It's created by you as you walk it. It's not there in front of you. It's right here under your feet. So you create the path. And it folds over itself. It just keeps folding over itself in all sorts of myriad ways, like a kaleidoscope. Oh, I love those things. Look through it. The little fragments come in different shapes and designs as, as you just move it. That's kind of the way our life is. So how many times have you been told or have uh, admonished yourself, concentrate, concentrate. You're, we find, of course, that our minds tend to be um, restless. Um, and a lot of people come to meditation practice to calm their minds and some to learn how to concentrate because mind is a million different directions. And sometimes there are meditation practices, not, not here, but which are called one-pointed meditation where you are training your mind not to be so restless, not to be so scattered, not to be so um, inclined to, uh, to dwell in la-la land, <laughs> but to come to this one pointed place to get all of your mind to be focused. Focus is not concentration. Again, this is NATO's view. <laughs> Do with it what you, what you would like. This is my best understanding that I have to offer you. Too many, there's too much of misunderstanding from my understanding of what concentration in our practice is. It has nothing to do with focus, just mind control, mind control, that we are not controlling our minds. And, and you can witness what happens when you try. <laughs> Like trying to control, trying, what they say, uh, trying to push noodles or, you know, trying to control a cat. You know, that mm -hmm. it's hard to control. You know, it, it, the mind wants to be the mind. It wants to do what it does. Um, and our effort to control it is bound to, in, to involve us in a war in an internal war. My mind wants to go here. No, bring it, bring it back. Rein it in. 
And a lot of meditation practice is what I would call mind control. And that is dangerous, I feel. It's dangerous because it can result easily in fixed views, in myopic, a myopic approach to the world where everything is, is reduced to one point, to one view, to one way of seeing things. So you're training your mind basically to zoom in, to constantly zoom in to something in particular. That's why when we practice, we, we have a soft gaze. Again, here at Oan. In other places, you may be trained to look at that spot or to look at that candle until your eyes fall out, you know. Um, and, and so this, there is a fundamental sense of a lack of trust in your mind. When you feel you have to control it, you have to tame it, you have to continually um, manage it, it reflects a lack of trust in the natural functioning of the mind. And in our practice, in Zen practice, we, we recited faith in mind. Okay. We, we have faith in our minds. We don't need to control our minds. We can allow our minds just to do what the mind does. In fact, it may well be that allowing our minds to be scattered and watching how scattered they are without having to do anything about it will reveal to us how um, how undeserving of our attention <laughs> is this scattered mind? Because we get caught up in it. We think we have to, that it's something wrong with it, that we have to do something about it. But if we actually let it be, we may discover that it's not worthy of our attention. It's not worthy of all the, 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 um, the uh, control and all the techniques that we employ to manage it. And I'm sure that many of you have been exposed to various techniques for managing the mind. Uh, there are lot, lots of apps you know, out there that people rely on for calming the mind, controlling the mind. Trust the mind, have faith in the mind. It will reveal itself to be what it is and eventually will settle on its own. And then it will really settle without 
your needing to constantly manage it, bull, bull whip it into, into obedience. <laughs> so um, focusing is not concentration. Concentration, like everything else on our path, is completely natural if we allow it, if, if we don't start to, to fiddle with it, to meddle with it, to think there's something wrong uh, about the way our mind is working. So it isn't about focus. It's a natural function of someone, of a mind that is interested in the world. A mind that is attentive naturally, uh, Bodhisattvas have a deep and abiding love and interest of the, in the world. And so they naturally concentrate on what's going on. I, I've, been, I've been watching three little squirrels trying to get at my bird feeders. Man, are they concentrated. <laughs> They are really interested in those sunflower seeds and not with their minds, with their whole bodies. They are <laughs> just trying every which way to engage with those sunflower seeds. So, you know, watch your cat. I watch my cat concentrating on a chipmunk a scurrying chipmunk. I was like, it's not, it's not focus. It's like thought the tail is going, <laughs> the fur is standing up. I mean, the whole being, the whole being is concentrated. It's not just the intellectual focus. It's being fully present mind, body and spirit and whatever else we're made of all the skandhas are you know are marshaled you know to be concentrated on the world so our practice shikantaza in this open open awareness it's not about a technique it's to control anything to make your mind do certain things, mainly to be able to focus. Sometimes, you know, you might discover that the reason you can't concentrate is because you're not interested in what you're being invited to concentrate on, right? It's, it's, not, it's not compelling. It's, you're a squirrel and, uh, you know, peaches aren't interesting to you. It's just sunflowers seeds that are interesting to you. So you might begin to discover what really interests you. Uh, and, that, and, and that is an important thing to know. That if you can't concentrate on something, maybe you need to actually... Uh, uh, engage with something that is compelling, 
that does engage, you know, that does compel your interest. So it's, it's not always imperative that you concentrate on something. For example, you know, it's like trying to, trying to teach a toddler uh, to pee, <laughs> to potty training. <laughs> like there's a certain form of meditation, which is like potty training. It's like, sit on the toilet and pee. <laughs> you know? sit, on, sit there and pee. Well, the toddler wants to play, <laughs> not interested in sitting on the toilet and, you know, being ordered to pee. It's that's kind of a, a certain form of meditation. You're being ordered to concentrate. You know, I'm, my mind, I want to play. <laughs> I don't want to pee. <laughs> and I'll pee when I'm ready, when it's, when it's natural. You know, and I'll be concentrated when something that's worthy of my attention <laughs> comes into my sphere of influence. So, you know, concentration is, again, is natural. And so we, we sit on our cushions waiting, you know, let our, letting our minds do their thing, watching, smiling. Yeah, okay. They're racing, it's racing around. Uh, <laughs> you know, that's what it does. Smiling, let it, let, and then eventually it just, eventually it will settle down. It may take a while, but then it will, as I said, really settle, not settle on orders of you, <laughs> your orders. It'll settle of, its, of itself. So <sighs> concentration is, a full body, mind, spirit way of being. And I'll end with this wonderful anecdote about Coben, which many of you have heard, but bears repeating. He had a master's uh, mastery of archery, Kyoto. And he was invited to uh, uh, Esalen one year to demonstrate uh, and to teach Kyoto, the, the way of the bow, archery. And he was, uh, he, he was accompanied by another very talented, very uh, masterful archer. And so the first, the first archer, uh, they set up a target uh, at the edge of the ocean on a cliff. And the two archers were uh, many hundreds feet away. And the first archer uh, are, uh, um, what do they call that? Um, you know, put his body, I forget the technical term of what you do. You, you, splice your bow, uh, your arrow or something, and you put it in your bow, and then he let it go, and it absolutely bullseye to, to onto the target. And of course, everybody was uh, amazed at this feat. And Coben gets, <laughs> gets his turn, and he picks up the bow, and um, 
that word is escaping me, uh, uh, notches, notches the arrow. I knew it would come to me. <laughs> and then he lets the arrow go and it sails over the target into the Pacific Ocean. And he yells, bullseye. That's concentration. We talk a lot about goals, you know, fixing, fixing on a goal, fixing on a target, uh, gaining idea. That's not our practice. That's not concentration that we fix on, the, on that point, the bullseye of a target, of a goal. The goal isn't out there. The goal is right here. <laughs> no goal. <laughs> Just this. <laughs> and whatever we do, if it's fully concentrated, it's a bullseye. It's just perfect, just what it is, because we are totally in it. So our lineage holder, Kobanchina Roshi, gave us not a, necessarily a demonstration of mastery of archery, but of, I wouldn't say mastery, but of the expression of concentration. That's what he demonstrated. He demonstrated concentration, not archery. And that is what our practice is about.